good. Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Titus chapter 1, where our scripture reading was this morning. And I want to draw your attention to verse 10 of Titus 1. It says, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. And that verse right there is one we all like where it says to rebuke them sharply. It kind of gives us an excuse to kind of go after people sometimes. And the truth is, we ought to be, if we are wise people, we will be thankful when we are sharply rebuked. We talked about that yesterday in our leadership training, how you know a, a wise person is going to take that and they're going to take it very well and it will be a blessing and they will love the person who kind of let them have it. And that's the attitude that we ought to have. And I'm thankful for uh, preachers that are in my life that aren't afraid to rebuke me sharply, that, that, that have uh, no regard for my feelings if, I, you know, if I'm getting off. And they will they'll let me know. And you know, I, I'm the kind of person, you know, I like to uh, think out loud and talk with other people. And sometimes I'll call the preachers like, hey, have you ever thought about this? This is something I was kind of wondering. And, uh, and you know, and I, I, I have some friends that will kind of let me have it. You know, Pastor Anderson, he's the type. I run stuff behind me like, yeah, that's stupid. No regard for my feelings at all. <laughs> but then they're like, you know, here's why, here's why this is stupid. You know, because the Bible says this. And then, you know, Pastor Major, he's the same way. I'll, I'll run stuff by him. And he, he, his saying he always says to me is, you're thinking like a pre-tribber. That's what he always tells me. You're thinking like a pre-tribber again. And, you know, and then he'll tell me where I'm off. And, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, that that's why I call these people. That's why I talk to them, because they'll tell me what I need to hear sometimes. And, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. It's a good thing. There is a time to, I mean, just let people have it and rebuke them sharply. Why? So they'll be sound in the faith. And we see that right here. And, but, you know, there's a time not to do it, too. You know, how do we always know when we're supposed to do these things? And one of the things that the IFB world has always been known for is fighting and division. This is why we are independent, Right. Because we couldn't, we couldn't get along with anybody. You know, we, you know, we've had different conventions and things in the past and groups, and it just, it never worked with Baptists. One, because it wasn't really biblical. We're not supposed to be a denomination. But two, we're just not capable of it. So we all just went independent, and then, you know, and we temporarily get along with people, and then we get in fights with them, and it's just, it's, it's our history, right? And in any Baptist church, you know, at some point you're going to hear a message about taking a strong stand and about how there's no room for compromise. But then there's going to be another week where you're going to hear a sermon about being gracious to other people. And we preach, I preach both these kind of messages about being gracious and, you know, cutting people some slack and, you know, let's not split hairs over every little thing. But then, you know, the next week I'm preaching, you know, don't move, don't turn to the right hand or the left. You know, we got to just stick by the stuff. And so this often confuses that carnal list minded Christian because he never knows when to be gracious and when to take a strong stand. You know, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Okay? And you often see the two extremes in the Baptist world. You know, you've got Pastor Grace and Mercy who just gets along with everybody and doesn't condemn anybody or anything. You know, you can hear the worst heresy in the world and, ah, uh, you know, I'm just going to love them, you know. You know, so Pastor Grace and Mercy, you know, he, he takes things too far one way sometimes. He's usually in the skinny jeans. You know, but then you got Pastor Hardcore No Compromise that comes along. This is constantly attacking everyone. 
You know, he's the one that has to be so independent because, you know, he just can't get along with anybody. I ain't changing nothing. I ain't compromising. And he's just shooting down everybody. You know, he's just shooting down everyone because that's just who he is. And, you know, often people have this attitude, well, you know, we need to meet in the middle when it comes to these things. But the truth is, I, I don't think we need to meet in the middle when it comes to grace versus, you know, being gracious versus compromise. I personally believe that we can be both at the same time if we're spiritual. If we're spiritual, I'm continuing on this uh, series on things that are spiritually discerned. Okay, Because, for example, Jesus Christ... All right, he's always the ultimate example of anything, and he's definitely the ultimate example of grace and mercy, but he's also the example of no compromise because Jesus, he was so hardcore on the law, you know what? He refused to remove the death penalty from anything. In fact, he was so hardcore on the law, but while at the same time being so gracious, he allowed himself to take on everyone's death penalty because he wasn't compromising on the law. But yet, he, he loved us so much, he had so much grace and mercy, but at the same time, he can't compromise, so what does he do? He dies for us. So, right there, we see the ultimate example of grace and mercy and no compromise at the same time. And I think that's the, what we ought to strive for, not on how we meet in the middle, because we shouldn't compromise. We shouldn't compromise on anything, but at the same time, too, we I, we should be in this you know mission uh, in this ministry of just destroying everyone too. You know we ought to be gracious and merciful to other people. And so the way we're going to do this, the way we know when to be hardcore versus when to be gracious, or how to do it both at the same time, is we have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so this is easy to say, but how do we do it? Because I'm going to show you before we kind of get into how we do this, how we can be. There's ways we can be gracious in the flesh. And there's also ways we can be of no compromise in the flesh. Okay, So, for example, the way you can be gracious in the flesh is, you know, you are being gracious to others. Because maybe there is somebody that's preaching heresy. Maybe somebody that you should be rebuking. Maybe there's somebody in the church that's spreading some false doctrine. That, you know, as a pastor, I should probably deal with this. You know, but at the same time, maybe... I just don't want to take a stand. Maybe I just don't, you know, because taking a stand often means you're going to become unpopular. So it would just be easier for me to just say, you know what, I'm going to be gracious. I know that person's in the church, they're teaching modalism or they're teaching work salvation, but, you know, let's just be gracious with them. Okay? Now, again, there's a time and place for being gracious, but there's a good chance I'm just being a coward and I'm in the flesh. It could be, too, I'm being a respecter of persons. You know, maybe that person who's talking heresy in the church gives a lot of money to the church. And so now I'm going to hide behind being gracious and merciful because in reality, I don't want to lose that money. We don't want to lose that guy's time in the church. So I'm being gracious, but am I doing it in the spirit or am I doing it in the flesh? I'm doing it in the flesh. You know, maybe I just want to be popular. You know, man, if I do this, I'm going to lose, you know, followers. I'm going to lose popularity. I'm going to get moved down the ranks or something like that. You know, maybe I'm just a wimp. Maybe I'm just a wimp and I just want to wear the skinny jeans. You know, maybe that's all there is to it. And so the truth is, I'm always talking about grace and mercy. But in reality, I'm not, I, I'm doing all these things in the flesh. And here's a wonderful thing, too, about the Bible. If I want to just be gracious and merciful, 
for all these fleshly reasons, did you know I've got a bunch of scriptures that I can hide behind? I can go to Romans 2.1. All of you in here that love the reprobate doctrine and you love Romans 1 so much, have you ever read Romans 2 verse 1? It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest do the same thing. You know what? I'm not judging anybody. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm not judging people who wear skinny jeans. Because, you know, I do the same thing. Now I'm already wearing them in my heart. So, you know, <laughs> and I'm not wearing them in my heart. But, you know, I've got a verse I can hide behind. John 8, 7 says, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Yeah, okay, yes. This person in the church, they're a drunkard. You know, and I know the Bible says we're supposed to throw drunkards out of the church. But you know what? He that is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw them out of the church. I got a verse I can hide behind. Ecclesiastes seven twenty. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Hey, if we're going to be throwing people out of the church, we're probably not going to have anybody left, including the pastor. Because there's not a just man, we're going to have to throw all ourselves out of here. You know what? We're a hospital for the sick. You know, and bless God, we're just going to love everybody. Because Romans twelve ten says, "Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one to another." Luke 6.36, be therefore merciful, even as your Father also is merciful. You know, I'm glad God didn't give up on me before I got saved and didn't just cast me out and throw me out and treat, treat me like some of you Baptists treat everybody else. I sure am glad He didn't do that. You know what? I'm not going to do that with other people too. Even if the Bible told me in this specific case I ought to do it. You know, I think, I think you're reading into that a little too much. And if we just did everything the Bible said, you know, we'd be killing all of each other and throwing everybody out of the church and you know, First Peter three eight. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, or railing or railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing ye are thereunto called, ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and seek good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let's not say anything bad about anybody. You know, let him eschew evil. Let him do. Let him uh, and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So. If I want, I can take all these verses. I can preach sermons on all of these verses all by themselves. You know, and I can use that as an excuse for me not taking a stand against someone maybe I'm being pressured to take a stand against. And, you know, and so while I'm using scripture in reality, I'm actually being gracious for all these fleshly reasons that I mentioned earlier. So can you see how it would be real easy for me to get up here and talk about how gracious I am and justify not doing a lot of things that I should be doing? Is that what these verses are there for? Is that what God wants from us? Does God want us, you know, being gracious like all these verses we read and then throwing out verses on taking strong stands and compromise? Is that what he wants? Because, you know, the truth is I can do the same thing when it comes to the no compromise position. Okay? I can do that same thing in the flesh. Okay, Because, for example, you know why some people won't ever compromise? Okay? Now, listen, compromise is not good. But do you know why some people won't compromise? Pride. It's not by conviction. It's by pride. That's all there is to it. Now, I'm not moving on this because I've already ran my mouth about it. And if I back down now, I'm going to look like an idiot. You know, I'm going to look wishy-washy. So what do they just do? Just... No compromise. Okay? But you know what? It's not because of conviction. It's because of pride. 
So you know what? Great. You're not compromising, but you're still sinning. You're just as bad as Pastor Grace and Mercy with the skinny jeans. You're just as bad in the eyes of God. Some people won't compromise because they're trying to elevate themselves above everybody else. Okay, and this is another big thing in the Baptist world. We all just want to out-Baptist everyone, don't we? That's all there is to it. I just want to outdo it. You know what? I just want to be able to, in some way, put myself above every other Baptist church that's out there. So you know what? If whatever it is, I'm going to outdo them. All right, you know, I'm not going to let anybody have higher music standards than me. I'm not going to have anybody have higher dress standards than me. I mean, I'm just, I got to out-Baptist everybody because I ain't compromising. But in reality, I'm just trying to lift myself up, aren't I? So I'm still in sin. I'm doing, I'm not compromising. And you know what? I've got a bunch of goons that are surrounded by me that think I'm great and wonderful because, man, he just doesn't compromise on anything. But the truth is, yeah, I don't compromise, but I'm still rotten. I'm doing it in the flesh. It's not of the Spirit. It's not good. And I'm not going to be a balanced person. Some people won't compromise because maybe they want to be popular with a certain group. Okay, great. I'm glad you're not losing your King James Bible, but is it because you're convinced that it's the Word of God or is it because you're going to get in trouble with your preacher friends? Because, I mean, man, I don't want people to get rid of their King James Bible, but if you're just doing it to stay in the club, then what's the point? Okay, yeah, you're not compromising, but... It's for fleshly reasons. And so the truth is, if you want to be hardcore, there are plenty of verses that you can use, just like there were with grace and mercy. And let me give you a little secret with these too, okay? If you just want to be pastor hardcore and outdo everybody, the key to you beating Pastor Trendy with his grace and mercy verses, when you give your verses, just say them really loud. And whoever says them the loudest Wins, all right? They're the most hardcore, and they'll get the biggest goon squad following them. But Matthew 5.10, or 5.19 says, Wherefore, therefore, or whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments. Man, we're, we're about all the commandments here, folks. All of the commandments here. He shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And that's why we're the greatest church. Because we do all of the commandments, the least commandments, and you know what? I'm not compromising, and you know, I don't care how big of it, I mean, I don't care if it's a small thing. You know, these people that aren't, that have our standards up to us, we're not fellowshipping with them. Because you know what? No compromise. John 8, 47, he that is of God, heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. You know what? I'm going to break fellowship with people if they don't believe in the post-trib rapture like we do, because they're not saved. And I'm not compromising on that, folks, because he that is of God, heareth God's word. And if you can't hear after the tribulation, you're just not saved. I'm not compromising on These people that want to hold hands with these people that are wrong in their eschatology, you know, what's wrong with these people, compromisers like that? You know what? These people aren't saved. And I'm not moving on that. They don't believe in the impeccability of Christ as much as I do. They're not saved. They're reprobate. If they're not as King James as I am, not saved. Not saved. If they don't agree with me on Nephilim, if they don't agree with me on whatever, listen, he that is of God, heareth God's word, and I'm not changing. No compromise. And so from now on, with our next conference that we have in a hardcore, you know, ultra new IFB conference that we're having, I can only have one speaker, me, because I can't compromise. I got plenty of, I got, you know, and 
Deuteronomy 5.32, You shall observe to do, therefore, as the Lord your God hath commanded you, ye shall not turn to the right hand or to the left. Hey, that guy that's dressed there is just a little to the left of mine. I, I ain't following that man. I ain't being friends with that kind of person. No compromise. Well, you know, and there's all kinds of verses like this we can go to. But folks, if I've got that attitude, do you think that's of the Holy Spirit or is that of the flesh? That's of the flesh, isn't it? Now, great, I'm not compromising. Does God want us to compromise? No. But God wants us to be gracious and merciful too. Now, if I'm Mr. No Compromise in the flesh, am I going to have any grace and mercy? No. They, they, people like that never do. Pastor, grace and mercy in the flesh. Does he compromise? Always. When you are in the flesh. Listen, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So even if you in the flesh, you seek to just be the ultimate person in any area of the Bible, you're going to fail and you're not going to please God. God wants us doing these things in the spirit. And so I could, I could easily get up here and I could just quote scripture for an hour, just pounding my chest, screaming no compromise. And it's all in the flesh, and it's not of God at all. If I wanted here, I can get up all nice and sweet. I could wear a pink shirt. I could quote a bunch of scriptures just talking about how we're going to be gracious and loving, and it be completely in the flesh and not of God. You can do it either way. So how do we get this right? Okay. How do we do both of these things at the same time? Not how do we meet in the middle, Okay, because then that means we're going to compromise some. Okay. That means we're not going to be as gracious and merciful as we should be. How do we do both of these things at the same time? And so, unfortunately, you're not going to get this right by me giving you a list of how, when, and where so you can make these decisions ahead of time. Isn't it nice when we can do that? And there's some things we ought to make decisions on ahead of time. We ought to know they're right. But for some things, you know, you, you can't just tell everybody, all right, you know, here's some scenarios because there's just too many things you got to factor in. There's too many things that can be factored in so the key is, though, is being in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, turn over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And when you are in the Spirit, when you are walking, the Bible says when you are walking in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The key to being both of these things at the same time and getting these things right is by always being in the Spirit. By being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever the situation that comes up, we're going to nail it. We're going to get it right. We're going to have both of these things at the same time. And it says in Galatians 5.22, and he had, or um, in Ephesians, uh, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit, what's going to show when you're walking in the Spirit are all things that there's no law against. Every one of these things that are mentioned here, there's no law against any of these things. So the fruit of me walking the Spirit, is I'm not violating any laws. Now, what's awesome about this is, you know, how, it's like, how do we avoid, you know, breaking any laws? Because there's so many, aren't there? You know, that's one of the reasons I want to take the concealed carry class. I want to find out what's going to get me thrown in jail or not. I, I want to know what the laws are, because there's a lot, and it's complicated here in Illinois, and I don't want to get in trouble with the government. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to try to learn all these things, and hopefully I can retain some of this stuff and not get myself in any trouble. But the thing is, look how many laws there are in the Bible. How do we not break any of these things? Is it a matter of memorizing them? 
Well, none of us can do that. You know, the key is, is when you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you'll have the fruit of the Spirit. You'll be doing all of these things that are mentioned here, and there's no law against them. So it's not even a matter of, I need to know all the laws so I don't break them. No, it's, I just need to walk in the Spirit, and I won't break any laws. It's really that simple. It says in verse 24, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So right there, we see that we, we daily need to be in the Spirit. This is not a daily thing. I can tell you all right now, I could give you some scenarios, and I could say, this and this and this is what you ought to do in that scenario. But the problem is, your situation is not going to be exactly the same as that situation, isn't it? And while today you might be walking in the Spirit and might be able to figure out, tomorrow, if you're in the flesh, you're going to mess it all up. Anything we do in the flesh, we're going to get it wrong, even if it's not compromising in the flesh, even if it's being gracious and merciful in the flesh. We're going to get it wrong. The key is daily being in the Spirit, daily walking in the Spirit. That's why we need to have spiritual routines in our life. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Every day when the Apostle Paul would wake up, he had to remind himself it's time to crucify this flesh. It's time to get this flesh under control because every day that fleshly part of Paul wanted to sin again and get him in trouble again. Every day. So every day, the Apostle Paul had to die to himself. And that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to have some routines in our life. We need to have prayer a daily part of our life. We need to have reading the Scriptures being a daily part of our life. We need to have just godly activities. We need to have things like soul winning as a regular part of our life. We need to have attending church and the fellowship of God and all these things that we've been commanded to do. These are the things that help keep us spiritual because if we stop doing these things, eventually we're going to go right back to being carnal again. It, isn't, it takes a daily effort to be spiritual. You can come up here today at the end of the service if you want and kneel down at the altar and crucify this flesh and get yourself in the spirit. But you know what? It's not going to fix you for life, is it? Because within an hour of you leaving, you're going to have that flesh. If you're not careful, it's going to come right back again and take over. And so that's why we daily need to be walking in the spirit. And if we're doing that, okay, all those other laws take care of themselves because we're going to have the fruit of the spirit. That's why Jesus said, too, when he talked about the commandments, he says, the, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two, hang all the law and the prophets. If you can learn to do those two things, just focus on those two things, you're not going to break any of the other laws. If we would just walk in the Spirit, we wouldn't have to worry about messing anything up. So we need to have good routines. It is easy to get backslidden in the flesh. Turn over Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, in verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, we're going to talk a little more about this passage tonight, but I do want to say a little bit about it right now, because when we are in the Spirit... We will just naturally do that which is right, but when we are in the flesh, we will just naturally do that which is wrong. Just like your children, you have to teach them to do right. 
You have to teach them not to lose their temper. You have to teach them not to take things that don't belong to them. You have to teach them not to lie. No parent has ever sat down their child and taught them how to lie. Okay? The carnal man just figures all those things out all by themselves. No parent ever taught their child to lose their temper. You know, you, you know nobody ever, I never went to one of my boys when, when Tommy was little. I said, Tommy, didn't you see Jason just took your toy? When that happens, you're supposed to scream and hit him. I never, I never had to teach him that. I had to teach him not to do that. And any parent here that's got multiple kids, you know what I'm talking about. That's just, that's the way it is. It's, it's in our carnal nature. So the thing is, the, you know, everybody's just got this attitude. If I can just learn what all's right and what's wrong, and it does help to learn these things. You know, I'm going to get everything right. But here's the problem: No, you won't. No, you won't. Because you've got to be spiritually minded. If you don't have that spiritual mindset, you're just going to get in the flesh and do what the flesh naturally does. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay? Your anger that you've got going right now that's maybe causing you to want to attack somebody, maybe that wrath that you got that's making you want to rebuke somebody sharply, are you sure that that's the Spirit leading you to do that right now? Or is it just that you are angry? Because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The things that just naturally make me angry, the way I want to respond is pretty much always not of God. Why? Because I'm angry in the flesh right now. Now, you can be angry in the spirit. Okay? You know, you can be angry. You know, the Apostle Paul, he said, uh, he said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Okay? He had a godly jealousy over these people. Like, I have a spouse to want, you know, to want. And then they're going there flirting with all these false religions and false doctrines and things. And that kind of thing, it made Paul upset. And it was a godly jealousy that he had. It was a righteous anger. That had, that, folks, there is a righteous anger that we should have. There is stuff that ought to spiritually make our blood boil, but we've got to learn to tell the difference. We've got to learn to figure out, hey, is Tommy the carnal man mad right now, or is Tommy the spiritual man mad right now? And I think if we were honest, we would know which one's which. I think, I think we would know that, but when you're not walking in the Spirit, you're going to get it wrong. You're going to end up doing things that are going to get you in trouble. And we've got to remember, to be carnally minded, it is, it is death. We're going to get in trouble. I mean, you know, you think about all the times you've gotten in trouble, and I've used this illustration before too, but I don't think there's anybody in the world that has ever punched someone in the nose, and before they punch them in the nose, you know, they just sit, sat down and talked and said, listen, what you said, what you did really made me angry. What you did deserves a punch in the nose. I don't, I know that's not the way to handle things, but I'm angry right now. I've got a righteous anger. And justice calls for a punch in the nose. So I, I, I'm sorry. It's just fall off and hit him. Hey, if, if a punch in the nose is justified, why can't you do that? If you really have the ability to overpower somebody, you know, shouldn't you be able to talk to them first and let them know why the punishment's coming? Don't we expect that if we're going to like go to prison or get executed or something like that, that we first get charged with a crime and then we get proven that we did it and then judgment is executed? Isn't that what we expect from our government? Well, why can't we do the same thing? If somebody deserves to get punched in the nose, and some people deserve to get punched in the nose, 
You ought to be able to talk about it with them first. You ought to be able to charge them with a crime, let them give their defense for why you shouldn't punch them in the nose. And then, once you determine, no, that's no defense, they do, you do in fact deserve a punch in the nose, all right, let's do it. And, and why can't you do that? You know why? Because most of us would admit, usually when we punch somebody in the nose, it was in the flesh. Am I not, am I not right? I want to see somebody punch them in the nose that way one of these days. I think that'd be, uh, that would be a great display of self-control right there. And I don't think they should get in trouble if they do that. But anyway, that's just, that's just my opinion. But again, the wrath of man worketh out the righteousness of God. Those things that you feel like saying when you're angry probably are not of God. And that's probably why, too, so many people, you know, when they're angry, they like to use expletives and cuss words. What? Because it's not in the Spirit. Yeah, but what I'm getting mad at them for, I got plenty of Scripture to prove that that's wrong. Well, great. Yeah, you got plenty of Scripture to prove that they're wrong. But you know what? You're mad at them in the flesh right now. Your anger is not of the Spirit. It's of the flesh. And so whatever you're feeling like doing right now, it's going to be the wrong thing. There's lots of things that should make us mad. But why are we? Is it, is it our flesh that's upset or is it our spirit? And if it's of the Holy Spirit, you know what? Anything you're thinking about doing, there's no law against that. And I'm, I'm, I'm bothered. I'm annoyed. I'm disturbed by people's ability today to just pull verses from the scriptures to justify anything their dirty, rotten flesh feels like doing. And I'm telling you, that's what's happening a lot of times is people are, they're using the scriptures, they're misusing them in a way to justify what they want to do in the flesh. I can justify all kinds of things through through the scriptures. You know, if I want, if I want to, you know, Cut somebody's head off. Oh, Peter tried to cut that guy's soldier's ear off, you know? I mean, you know, I, I, I can come up with examples in the Bible, you know, of people David killed and, you know, Elijah killing all those false prophets. Why can't we kill false prophets? Elijah did. He killed a whole bunch of them. You know? And, and, it, and in reality, you know, is it the Holy Spirit that's leading me to want to go slay all the false prophets, literally? Or is that my flesh? Now, as much as I know myself, I'm going to say it's probably my flesh telling me that. And so I probably... Better not do it. You know, I, I get it. I get it. The Bible uh, talks about, you know, that we ought to, you know, we shouldn't love those that hate the Lord. And there's things that we ought to hate. You know, there we do see David who said, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. But you know what else David also said after he talked about hating them with the perfect hatred? You know what he said after that that we forget sometimes? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, why did he say that? I think it's probably because David's like, you know what? I got a perfect hatred for these people right now. But, you know, sometimes I question my hatred that I have. Because my hatred usually isn't right. Now, I believe in Psalms 139, David's hatred was right that he was talking about. But David throws that search me, O God, in there because of the fact that David also knows that I often hate with an imperfect hatred. And you know, most of us probably, typically, hate with an imperfect hatred. And so, we, but if we have that desire to be godly, you know, before we go and just get real excited about hating somebody and just, I mean, really hammering somebody, we better, you know, ask the Lord to search our heart. And Lord, show me if there's any wicked way. Lord, I really want to take this guy right down right now. Lord, I really want to expose this person. I want to just nail their hide to the wall. But Lord, 
I need you to search me because I, I think it's a godly anger that I've got right now. I think it's a righteous indignation right now. But Lord, I've gotten it wrong before. I've gotten in the flesh before. My flesh often struggles you know, with hate and with love and when I'm supposed to have it, when I'm not supposed to have it. And so Lord, I need you to reveal to me whether or not this is right. And if you're, and if it is, if it's something legit, then I believe the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead you in that. And you know what? You're going to handle things in a good way. You're going to handle things in a godly way where you're not going to violate any of the laws of God. But you know what? Let's go ahead and take our halos off and get real honest and just admit most of the time we get it wrong. When it comes to anger, when it comes to hatred, when it comes to these things where there is a place, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You can be, there's some things that should make you angry, but most of us usually get things wrong when we have these kind of emotions. So we need to be regularly searching our hearts. And I, that David, that, that prayer that David made in Psalms 139, I don't believe that was a one-time thing that he did. And then, oh, Lord showed him he's right. And he was just good from then on out and always hated right. No, daily you're going to have to have that attitude. Hey, it's June. Okay? And thankfully I haven't been seeing much for the queers on TV. I'm very thankful for that. Okay? But it's June. I'm sure they're going to get recognized at some point. We're going to start seeing stuff. And you know, when you do, some of you are going to get angry. Some of you, the hate's going to well up inside of you. All right? And hey, yes, there's, there's a place for that where it's appropriate. But are you sure that's why you feel that way right now? You know, if you have to just go and like tell everybody all the time and like post on Facebook just how much you hate, that usually tells me you're trying to convince everybody of something. Some of you hate because you want to be popular. Some of you hate because you're just, that's just your flesh. And there's a lot of reasons my flesh hates that filth. But, you know, I believe my spirit hates it too. But sometimes, sometimes I wonder what's the difference. And you need to make sure you figure that out if you're going to get it right. And so the last thing, Proverbs 3, uh, verse 5, everybody knows this passage. says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I wish I could just get up here today and tell you, do this and this and this, and then everything's going to be fine. I can't. Okay? Daily, you have to take care of these things. And daily, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know what? If you're going to know how to be a no-compromise Christian while being gracious and merciful at the same time, every day you're going to have to ask the Lord. All right, Lord, we've got another situation. Somebody's messing up. Somebody's not doing things exactly right. Is this, you know, I don't want to compromise, but I also want to be gracious and merciful too. Lord, show me how to act in this situation. And you know what? Something tells me the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to join the Facebook lynch mobs adding fuel to the fire. Something tells me he's probably not going to lead you to, you know, to start calling a bunch of, maybe he will. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying there's never a time for it, but you know, did you actually acknowledge him in this, you know, or is this your flesh? Cause you know, our flesh, I've said it before, you know, we love seeing a good fight. We love seeing a bad guy get taken down. Not even so much because we hate bad guys. Sometimes we just love violence. You know, you don't think we love violence? Why are fighting, you know, things so popular and football and all these things? You know, we like seeing somebody get pumped. I watch football to watch somebody get nailed. Good. 
But I almost don't even watch that anymore because now it's all political stuff. It's all about who kneeled for the anthem and stuff. I don't care about that junk. I, you know, but you know, it's our, our culture. We we love these things, and so we've got to acknowledge everything. It says, "Be not wise in thine own eyes." Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't think, no, you know, I got a lot of wisdom. I got a lot of experience. You know what? I'm going to coast through this thing just fine. When a situation comes up and I got to decide what to do, I'll figure it out. I'll know. No, do not, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That's the attitude we ought to have. And so there's many things, because there's many things that can be factored in anybody's situation. And so for an example too, all right? Okay, remember, you know, let's put on my no compromise hat, right? I'm pastor no compromise. And folks, public school is bad, right? I mean, public school, we not agree with that. I mean, public school, out of the pit of hell, the public school system, and we know all the things to call it, right? It's bad, all right? Okay, but here, let me ask you this. What if someone's a single parent? You know, what if someone immigrated to this country and doesn't even know the language? And, are, and don't have the ability to teach their kids what they need to know to thrive over here, you know, in the English language. You know, what if the parent has some kind of learning disability? Well, what if the parent, okay, what, or what if the parent is just too lazy to homeschool? Okay. Now, it would be real easy, and I hear people like this all the time. They start beating their chest. It's always bad. The parent, they should just learn the language. They should just do the work. They should just do this. Okay, okay, great. You know what? Technically, you're right. Technically, you're right. That should all be done. All right, I get it. Yeah, great. You're, you're Mr. No Compromise. But do you know what? Would it be, would it be okay? Do you think God would be okay with us if we were just gracious to someone and allowed them to be a little wrong in some of these things and still let them come? To our church. Listen, I know churches, they won't let you come if you got your kids in public school. I had somebody that wanted to come here, but they wanted to make sure, you know, that we basically enforce no birth control and things like that and sterile. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, and I think you're, you're weird, you know, and it was just, you know, a lot of people had that, but, you know, they're not, but, they, you know, they're like, I'm not compromising on this. I don't, you know, and they never came here. You know, I wasn't real worried about it. You know, maybe we ought to rethink this, you know, follow, you know, follow, it's just, it, it's weird how some people get, but you know what? It's okay for us to allow others to just be wrong on some things. It's okay to do that. It's not, I'm not compromising. Hey, I'm still going to preach the truth on these subjects. And if people aren't as hardcore as I am in the church, I'm not going to throw them out. Hey, nobody in this church is perfect, and I can get up here, and I can, without compromise, I can preach what the Bible says, I can show the fact, but at the same time, I can still love people and be nice to them, even if they're not doing everything that I think that they should. You've got people out there, too, they are so, and a lot of pastors like this, they are so hardcore when it comes to, and this is a big thing in this movement, on the qualifications of a bishop. They're not compromising I mean, children, his children, adopted kids don't count, must be at least two. We ain't compromising on this. I am not compromising on the qualifications of a bishop. You know what? I'm not compromising on the qualifications of a bishop too. But that doesn't mean I got to make it my mission to ruin every pastor that doesn't meet up to my standard. 
and to take down every pastor that doesn't meet up to my standard and be a pathetic wimp. And if that pastor preaches something a little different than I do, I'm not capable of you know, refuting him with the scriptures, so I just take away his credentials. Yeah, I know he made me look like a monkey with what I teach in the Bible, but you know what? He's not even qualified. <laughs> you know, you stink. Okay? Listen, there's a lot of people out there that maybe aren't really qualified, but you know what? They're there. They're doing the best that they can. And if I want to be nice to those people, and maybe it's not a perfect situation. Well, they just need to do this. These people in these other countries, they all just need to move to America. And they need to get in these churches. And they need to go through all the things. You know, you know, I'm not going to help any of these people. I'm not going to help people out there in situations. You know, there's pastors out there that, you know, they got saved out of a false religion. And they've tried, they're trying to lead their churches into becoming Baptists. But, you know, you got... Some people would say, you know what, they just need to shut their church down and they just need to get into a fun, move out here and get into a fundamental Baptist church and get retrained and get reordained. And you know what? That might be true. Do you know that might be true? But, you know, that's a pretty big deal. And if, if they don't want to do that, can I still try to help them? Can I still be, can I still be friends with them? You know, am I compromising if I'm friends with them? You know, and, and honestly, I can't just, I don't have a list of, you know, what's right in every situation and who I will fellowship with in every situation. I don't. You know what I do when it comes to this type of thing? I just try to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and there's people out there that are in tough situations and, and things where it's like it's, it's, it's not a perfect situation. They're not a perfect person. They're not doing maybe everything exactly right. But then a lot of times there's a call for help. And I, I just ask, you know, what should I do in this situation? And often I feel led to help and be a blessing and be a friend. And sometimes while others are out there beating their chest, calling me a compromiser, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I really don't care. This is what I feel the Lord wants me to do. And I'm pretty sure you're in the flesh right now. I'm pretty sure that person on the other side of the country that you don't know from Adam that you're trying to take down right now, I don't think the Holy Spirit led you to that. I think you're wanting to do that in the flesh because you're sick and twisted. That's what I think. And so in the meantime, I'm just going to do what I feel the Lord want me to do in this situation. And there may be other situations out there where the Lord leads otherwise. You know, we should be, it, you say, man, this is hard. This is, this is hard. I, I need the rules. I need the list. No, you know what you need? You need the Holy Spirit. You need to learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and become dependent on Him. You need to learn how to walk in the Spirit daily. That way, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And when you do that, you will be able to be like Christ. If you follow His Spirit, you will be like Jesus Christ who is so hardcore on the law that He wouldn't change a thing. The law condemned everyone to death and hell, and Jesus Christ didn't compromise, but he was so gracious and merciful, he said, I'll take it. I'll die. I'll go there. Because I love these people that much. He did both. He did, he did both, and we can do both. But how to do both all the time, I can't give you a diagram and a roadmap for that. I can only tell you, follow the Holy Spirit, and he'll help you do that. And tonight, we're going to talk about how to be spiritually minded, like we read in Romans 8, to be spiritually minded. That's what we've got to shoot for. And if we, if we can learn to get that mindset, 
it will guide us through these things and navigate. It will navigate for us so we can get it right and be the ultimate extreme on both sides. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I pray to your God that this message will be a help. I pray that each one in here and uh, anyone who listens to this message, Lord, will take these things to heart and they will actively seek to get close to you and to uh, make a daily practice of walking in the Spirit. Lord, our flesh, it gets us in so much trouble all the time. I pray you'll help us to just learn from that and to just become completely dependent on you to guide and direct us. In your name we pray. Amen.